right. So picking up where we left off, um, and I guess that kind of ties into another product that's been growing a lot in popularity, um, the cloud wheels or uh, foamies, however you want to call them from Slick Revolution. Um, these have been like growing exponentially. Um, you first saw them on like boosted boards and then all of a sudden you're seeing them on own board. Now X-Way, I know Raw Day is coming out with some cloud wheel type foamy things. I mean, they're, they're growing in popularity. Um, and Slick Revolution has definitely made a name for themselves by putting them on every board that they can get their hands on. But they've mm. been having issues with the cores breaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a serious I mean, issue. That's it's, a pretty big issue. <laughs> right? Working on 30 uh, miles per hour and the wheel just comes just off. collapses. Yeah. Right? That's, well, ter- that's I, terrifying. I, I, I want to actually come up to speed with that one a little bit more to be honest i mean how how have mm-hmm. you guys been monitoring that story as it's unfolded because i i have the basics of it i mean all all abec cloned wheels are cheap um that extends from the urethane down to the cores i'm not entirely sure of the difference of material but clearly it is different it's obviously some sort of difference between you know uh nylon core versus some sort of plastic i'm not really sure yeah but clearly that's where the cost savings are and those cost savings are putting people putting people at risk it is interesting you know to see it be more prevalent in the cloud wheel slash for, uh, foamy uh, foamy type wheel because abec clones have been around for forever and a day and it hasn't really reared itself as a major issue until now yeah um thoughts on as to why that might be well and um, i go ahead, maybe Joe. maybe terminal x wants to ring in on this a little bit because he knows people that have actually been testing out them um i don't know the specifics of it but um even with yeah. people testing them that's where the issues have been arising yeah so i uh keep pretty close contact with the gentleman named sawyer he's the leader of la mm. eastgate so definitely a mm-hmm. big name um he's very vocal and um aggressive in his testing uh sometimes you know, I'm afraid to recommend people get their stuff tested with him because I'm pretty sure he's going to break it. Um, but he does it on purpose. He do, he he puts boards to their limit and finds their limit um, for obvious reasons because he wants to. He knows that nobody rides harder than him, or so he claims, and that therefore whatever product he's testing, um, you can be sure that you know it's not going to break under average customer use. That's his philosophy, um, and I think there's a lot of weight behind it. And his name and reputation precedes itself. So. Uh, naturally, he ended up with the quote unquote second generation of cloud wheels. So there was the first generation. People started reporting them cracking. Uh, supposedly, and again, I, I would encourage Sawyer to come on the record at some point and correct me if I get any part of this wrong. At some point, cloud wheels said we fixed it. And here's proof. They posted some videos and some photos of the new product. They posted some videos in their factory kind of um, banging on the cores, if you will, and, and, yeah. and hitting with, with like a giant mallet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and sort of saying, hey, th- like, here's here's the new product. It's not cracking. And uh, they were insinuating that all these new boards coming out were going to have the second generation. I don't know how uh, Sawyer would not divulge it, but he obtained a set of these quote unquote second generation wheels with this this new core uh, and he cracked them. <laughs> he cracked them and he cracked them a lot and he has been leading the charge and calling out, I believe that the, the website is I Wonder. I believe that's the actual factory that makes them. I yeah, Wonder and calling out i wonder on facebook i think he got banned from the huge electric skateboard club by their their moderators um mm. because it he was so aggressive about it and i mean it just it erupted into debates and i mean we're talking screenshots of private messages it, it, it it's getting rather dramatic because sawyer's so passionate about something like this where people's health could be at risk naturally the company i wonder is is not thrilled with this anti-marketing campaign if you will they've promised that the wheels that they're putting on the boards are not the same as the ones he has he assures everybody they're the exact same because as you know they, they just tweak the wheel appearance a little bit right to, for each company uh slap mm. their logo on it so on and so forth you know change the color but sawyer's claim is that despite the colors being different on the cores and the wheels on these different companies um it's the same product that it's the same materials and the same production process and that's why he's kind of sounding the alarm or or trying to in different 
forums and Telegram chat groups because um, he is confident that the wheel he has is the wheel they're slapping on all these other companies. And he's trying to say, hey, they don't have this figured out yet. I, I'm i just saying what I've read. I have not held a cloud wheel in my hand. I've never tested one. I don't know. I wonder's official response enough to be able to reiterate it. I've seen some wheels have different uh, serial numbers on them than the one Sawyer has. So there's been some, well, maybe this is a different core type of chat. Um, but that's all kind of hearsay and, and not proven. So I can't I can't come out and say that there's a fixed cloud wheel, um, but I also can't come out and say every cloud wheel on a board is going to crack. Um, so, you know, we just need some uh, some clear communication to come through and some some good scientific method testing. And hopefully the companies that are are buying these board, these wheels for their boards call out. I wonder. And it makes the change for the better because at the end of the day, you know, money's going to be that main motivator, not Sawyer. <laughs> Bless his heart. Well, they're going to be they're going to be um, on X Way now. They're going to be on Backfire. Yep. Um, so there's a there's a fair bit of uh, fair bit of brands, a fair amount of brands. Sorry oh, yeah. that are starting to get behind these wheels. So yeah, all aboard the hype train. <laughs> look, fr- from where I'm sitting, what it sounds like to me is you have. A company on one hand being I wonder who will always try to put the most positive slant on things as possible, no doubt. And then you have Sawyer on the other hand. Now, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with what type of testing he does. By that, I mean what type of rigors he puts uh, products through. Um, perhaps, perhaps it's in excess of what could be considered you know, normal usage, you know, no doubt it probably is, but how far in excess? I mean, um, if he's, uh, I don't know, just thinking completely off the wall, you know, if he's putting these things in a, in a, some sort of massive potato gun and shooting them directly at concrete walls, they're probably going to break. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you know. uh, that's a good point. I, I should clarify his methods of testing are, are strictly involving him riding the boards uh, through very rough roads and off terrain and at maximum speed. That's how he tests boards and then the wheels on the boards. Um, in terms of cracking the core, I, I'm telling you, I, it's in this giant chat that I have. And, and I apologize. It, it would take me a long time to be able to, uh, to, be able to find it. Um, but essentially, he was taking what I wonder was doing. And again, Sawyer, please correct me if I'm wrong. But taking I w- what I wonder was doing on that video and just um, applying a little bit more pressure, it was brittle plastic and it uh, it didn't it didn't do so well. Um, so yeah, he, I've got loads of photos of him pointing at different cracks and uh, he he doesn't trust them to ride and he he recommends not riding them right now until this is solved and until I wonder can accept that uh, they're testing. It sounds like complete. a a buyer beware situation then by uh, by the sounds of it for now. I mean, True. they look great on paper. Yeah, they're, I mean, understandably so. They're a great mix between having, you know, giant pneumatic tires and, you know, the regular urethane. And for me, who's scared, a person like me who's scared of railroad tracks, I mean, I'm adding them to the cart initially. They seem like a good mix and a good fit for uh, electric skateboards, but I would like to see more testing. I know people who have them that work for electric skateboard companies. um, So I would like to see them do some independent testing as well to make sure that Sawyer's onto something and not... uh, not um, working with a lemon, so to speak. TX, did you get yourself a set of those talk boards 110s? I haven't. Uh, I have other things I'm buying first, but those are on my list. I just bought a Hoyt Street Ooh, remote, nice actually, one. a puck. I know. I'm very excited for it. Um, the The reliability can't be understated. And for me, reliability is above all. Well, on top of um, that, the flexibility. I mean, that thing works with 90% of the top quality boards out there right now. True that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm future proofing whatever DIY build I come up with someday. Um, wheels are on the list after bent motor shaft on my boosted stealth, uh, under less than a hundred miles. And I already have a, a bent motor shaft, um, and a bad bearing. So, so those things come first. Um, I've got a raw day board. I want to put some, uh, better bushings on as well, but the wheels will come eventually, probably by the end of the summer, I'll, I'll have the wheels and I'm excited. They look, Oh, they look great. And, uh, Everybody raves about them, so I'm I'm happy to get on the hype train. You got the blue ones, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what else? Can ah, I do? yeah, sick, good, 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 loving it. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, boosted and lime getting in bed together? What do you think is going to come of this, guys? Um, 
So Lime has come out and said we're not interested in business to consumers. I have never put a ton of faith in Lime as a as a business model. Um, their scooters get thrown around a lot. It seems like they're still bleeding cash. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm not sold that Lime is for the electric skateboard community. Um, aside from, hey, would you like to rent our scooters? Um, I haven't seen anything about that yet. So, as for the Boosted USA, you know, where they're selling the boards, that's a whole separate topic. Um, but in terms of Lime and what they contribute to the community and the industry, um, I think their their contributions to the personal electric vehicles stops with renting their scooters for a yeah. dollar an hour. Yeah, and I. I have uh, a buddy of mine who lives out in California and he actually works for one of Lime's competitors, Bird. The same feeling kind of grows through all those scooter companies. They're all bleeding cash. The whole point is about what it could be in the future, whether it's advertising on the boards themselves, having to look at an ad before you rent the scooter. The whole idea behind their business models is they don't make money yet. They're all startups. Um, there are these million, multi-million dollar companies that just don't have any money and it all comes from these venture capitalists or uh, different groups that want to fund them. But essentially, I don't think Lime is going to be able to do anything quality with Boosted as its own. Maybe they'll steal some of the, the Boosted IP for uh, scooters, trying to make their scooters a little bit more hardy because um, the Rev is considered one of the most like durable scooters when it comes to scooters. But mm. Are they going to be able to do that at a price point that, you know, still fits into their budget? I don't see that being likely. No, it's such a curious thing. I don't understand it either. Because uh, buying all that IP, buying all of the patents, buying all of the technology, buying uh, other inventions or future inventions that hadn't been patented, all leads to what? It all leads yeah. to what is the question that lingers over my head. I mean, if they're not interested in playing in the consumer market and what's the point I don't, right <laughs> yeah what's the point and I, I don't think they're going to put out rental skateboards i mean they're no. uh, yeah no so i do liability. have a, I, I do have a Man. theory yeah right no i rent renting skateboards gives me ulcers um bad idea yeah even letting you know letting your friend borrow them that's the same yeah. thing right it's terrifying exactly uh, so my here's my theory right these these startups, right? They're they're always looking for investors in this early phase, right? And uh, naturally, the the value of the company and the value of the the future of the company is super important when you're pitching a company, right? Here's all the patents we have. Here's what we have in our tool belt. Here's what we can come up with, and here's the quote unquote estimated value of our company. Yeah. Therefore, you should invest in us by Lime purchasing uh, the IP. So now they have the patents. They have the the product design. That's value to the company. That's something they can put on paper and say, here's how much we're worth. And then by making everybody uh, stop working for Boosted, to put it lightly, um, they just they got rid of a ton of expenses, right? So there's there's one anchor cut off of their purchase. And now with them selling the uh, remaining Entire stock, stock. Yeah. exactly to Boosted USA, which is last mile San Francisco. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're now getting some of their money back. And they're getting rid of that liability of just having boards sitting there not being sold. Lime's probably taking Boosted and stripping it for parts. And whatever's left, they add to their paperwork and say, hey, investor, angel investor, here's the value of my company. It just went up several million dollars. And it's not going to cost us any money to keep that paperwork in our safe and hold on to those patents and, you know, wink, wink, maybe use them on our scooters someday. You know, please sign this uh, check here for um, your investment. So that's that's my theory for Lime. Yeah, I mean, on top of that, uh, Sanjay uh, in a Reddit thread even talked about uh, Boosted had a pretty incredible electric bike that was being made, like developed. So mm -hmm. there may be a hint of Lime going, oh, maybe we should get into renting electric bikes. I um, could see that. I would I would almost be more behind that than a scooter. And, and the way that Sanjay made it sound on this Reddit thread is that that was like a pretty much finished product. Um, I, I could be wrong because obviously I'm not, a employee from boosted or lime but if i was trying to get into another market and scooters wasn't doing it for me but everybody learns how to ride a bike when they're five years old true why wouldn't i get into electric bikes that are already developed mm. i think i think the answer is probably in both of those it's it's i think you're spot on tx in terms of maybe shelving the brand that makes complete sense just adding value to lime itself but also if they were going to take anything out of what they bought and mm -hmm. and put it into 
put it, put it into their suite of offerings, the bike is right there. I think both of you guys just opened up my mind to what they might be doing. And uh, mm. yeah, I, th- I think you're there. I think you're there. Wouldn't surprise I, me to see a bike. And it <laughs> makes complete and, complete and utter business sense to basically just shelve it and add value to the company. Yeah, my final true. say on, on the Lime business is my call out to them is to give people back their boards. Whatever you do with Boosted, it's a, assuming it's a legitimate business transaction, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, it's sad, but it's legal. But they definitely need to give people back their boards. Repaired, uh, that would be ideal. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, unlikely, still on, but yeah, uh, still, yeah. Them still holding on to people's boards, man. Uh, that should have come with the paperwork. That should have been like, hey, if y'all are going to buy this brand, you should give people back their boards since you're not going to fix them. So that's my shout out to Lime. Um, what they do with the the scraps of Boosted uh, is their business, but I think people's personal property should be returned. Yeah, and I think you touched on a good point, Terminal X, that those products that Boosted USA now has, um, he only got new and refurbished stock. He didn't get mm-hmm. any of the stuff that was there for repairs. Nope. Uh, Boosted USA has none of that. That is all still being held by Lime. So... You know, Boosted USA, they're trying to do something to help people out, whether it's going to be the right thing or not. Um, hopefully people that wanted a Boosted board can get it from them, um, at least at some close to retail price boards. But for those people that are waiting for their boards, Lime definitely needs to like get on the game, send those boards back, whether it's repaired or not, send back people's batteries, whatever people sent in, that stuff needs to be returned. 100% here, here. <laughs> all right glad it's settled we're waiting yeah. lime we're waiting lime and uh we look forward to seeing people having their products back over to you lime <laughs> and on the note of boosted usa um there's a youtuber uh who put out a recent video um about the rebirth of boosted boards question mark um alien rides is his youtube name uh, he posted a really great video where he actually interviews uh the owner of last mile sf there's tons of really good information in there about what last mile SF and boosted USA are trying to do. Um, so I definitely recommend everybody goes and watches that video. Um, it doesn't have a ton of views right now and the number of views definitely doesn't correlate with the number of people that are active on the uh, boosted Reddit, as well as the electric skateboarding Reddit. So mm-hmm. if those numbers are any correlation of the fan base for boosted, I highly recommend anybody that's listening to go watch that video it explains a lot of information. So, And there's a Verge article out as well, which actually features the video. So I'm not sure if there's a connection between the Verge uh, author and Alien Rides. Is that who it was? Yeah, Alien Rides. Yep. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's a correlation there, but either way, um, the accompanying Verge article spells out a lot of information as well. And I, I find this a really interesting move. Um I, I did a Insta story about it where I just plainly called it out as stupid, <laughs> which might have been a bit might have been a bit hasty, but that's how I felt about it after immediately reading it because I'm like, really? I mean, <laughs> I think it, when when the announcement was sort of made that Boosted was no more, I think it you know caused people to step back a little bit, and you know hindsight being twenty twenty vision, a lot of people may be finally admitting to themselves. Yeah, this board might be a little bit overpriced for what it is. You know, um, uh, there are certain pros that go along with a board at this price. At least there was, particularly in the V2 era. But all of those things started to drop off with the V3, and the the price justification wasn't there in the way that I think it once was. So you know, maybe it just you know boosted going off to pasture and being put down. You know, just oh yeah. It was a pretty bloody expensive board for what you got. You know, it was pretty mediocre speed by today's standards. You know, even with an extended range battery, pretty average range by today's standards. All of the stuff we all know. But when people started having that realization, I kind of expected, and this is yet to be confirmed, by the way, I think, but I kind of expected to see a bit of a paradigm shift, you know, with people having that 2020 vision, you know, now knowing that they can get more for that price or they can get exactly what boosted offers for a lot less in price, you know, looking at the X way flex and things like that. I I think that paradigm shift is sort of yet to be confirmed, but I think this will test that. I think this will test that theory because in my mind, I'm thinking you've got to be insane to buy a boosted at this point. After this hindsight, after this paradigm shift, this 2020 vision reset, 
now you know what boosted really is and the price it really the 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 price disparity i guess for what you were getting are people really still interested in buying them i mean i, I feel like brian the guy from last mile sf previously uh x-way usa as well he might just be done himself out of a whole lot of cash if this goes wrong that's why i think it's stupid maybe so you think you think it's it's stupid in the business sense not in like an ethical or legal yeah yeah in a business okay. sense i certainly wouldn't have done it i think it's too much of a gamble on uh brand loyalty yeah. and you know these these things are still he's still going to be selling them at pretty damn near close to retail if not oh, retail it's exactly retail yeah, yeah. right like a, a limited 60 day warranty no guarantee of ongoing service support or parts um you got to be you got to be mental don't you yeah, and that's something that I kind of touched on uh, with Terminal X just in a private conversation. Uh, we were talking about how could somebody do this? How could they buy millions of, I'm assuming, millions of dollars worth of product? And mm-hmm. the only way that I could for, you know, see it being feasible is he bought them for next to nothing. Um, when you're buying stock from a company that's bankrupt, it's like buying, they want every little bit of money they can get at this point. So my guess is that when they sold all this stock, he got it for next to nothing. And the fact that he's selling it at retail or a little bit over retail for the ones that aren't refurbished, um, that is a a bit of a red flag to me, especially when he's not offering the same service that Boosted offers. Um, He's not offering anything other than a 60-day warranty if you ride the board in your house. Um, (laughs) you can't ride it on anything other than perfect pavement. (laughs) Otherwise your warranty is void. And I don't know about Australia, but the pavement in the Mm. United States is never perfect. Awful. Mm. It's the surface of the moon. So I think that was a big factor in the idea. I can buy these boards, sell them at retail and make a buttload of money off of nothing. So you're seeing it as more of an ethical thing. It's possible. Obviously I I haven't spoken with uh, Brian himself. I would love to, chat with him uh have him on the on the skate cast if he wants to join us but personally i i don't know what was going through his mind whether it was to make money or if it was to actually support the community like he claims hopefully it's support the community but if you're going to support the community you should be doing services repairs all of that before selling product mm. yeah i'm i'm with you joe on the on the price i think the problem is that because he's legally not boosted he's legally not allowed to do to offer those warranty services as far as i can tell it, it literally says we're not boosted board and we can't honor the, the original yeah. warranty and i think as I far think as in i that know instance though whether he's offering warranty service or if he's offering uh service at a low rate uh, to make up for the cost that you're buying these boards at because mm-hmm. there's no way that he paid as much as boosted did to get these boards initially there's just no way um that would be a right silly silly business idea to do like sam mentioned my guess again is he bought these boards for a lot less than cost and he's trying to just make some money off of it and that's just a guess i obviously don't know i haven't spoken with him and from all accounts in the alien rides video he seems like a great guy and i'm hoping that he actually is trying to support the community and give them the boards that they want but i have to be skeptical because at the end of the day if i'm not doing it, then who will Right. So mm-hmm. on his on his frequently asked questions, he does say like, yeah, we can't honor warranties for items bought from Boosted because they are legally a different company. We can absolutely help you with service. He does say reach out to us and he gives an email and he says we will do the best uh, we can to help you as well as with the um, with his 60 day warranty. So he offers help. Obviously, the proof will be in the pudding, like you said, like if he actually chooses to, um, you know, do the right assist thing. his yeah, customers absolutely. longer than 60 days. Yeah. I I would love to see a a price reduction and or some form of warranty that maybe he charges a a reasonable fair amount for after the 60 days. I think that would be a good compromise, one or both of those things, um, to where it would create a better value for the customers to to purchase the product. But my prediction is um, we're going to see a price reduction maybe at the end of the summer. And it's still so new. I mean, this was just announced this week. So again... I'm just being skeptical. I'm hoping that everything works out because at the end of the day, I love my boosted board and I hope many others get to enjoy a boosted mm-hmm. board. But as Sam said, this may be one of the silliest business practices he could have ever done. Time will tell. Yeah, I, I guess you're, you're right. Time will tell. 
I do. Uh, the thing is, a lot of people have a bad experience with uh, the phrase extended warranty from electric skateboard Absolutely. manufacturers. So it's a good idea in principle, but I wonder if uh, I wonder if the concept has been soured a little bit by boosted itself, you know, uh, inertion, a, a range of other companies who now can't honor those sorts of things. I don't expect last mile SF to disappear off of the bricks and mortar chart anytime soon, but uh, I guess there's always that risk of giving people more money, you know, something, giving them something for nothing or in the hope that you might be able to get value out of it in the future. It's a strange, it's a strange concept. And, um, this is part of the reason why I don't know what you have in the US, but in Australia, we have a statutory warranty in place where basically any consumer products, the manufacturer or supplier is obliged to repair or replace within, I think it may actually depend on the product, but it's usually within the realms of one or two years. So a 60-day warranty and to then check out as if you know, nah, you're on your own after that is uh, a bit of a foreign concept you know, for, for us. Um, Particularly, and again, this is why I, my immediate reaction to this was this is stupid, because the V3s they got problems. You know, the red light of death is a True. is a real thing, and yeah. you know that's just spiking through the roof. Could you imagine getting a red light of death on day sixty one and being told you can do yeah. nothing about it? Yeah, that's frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating Ooh. for me. My my stealth, I bought it when Boosted was still a company just before they they folded. Um, and I had a bent motor shaft and a bad bearing and I don't I haven't hit 100 miles on it yet. So that's terrifying for yeah. for me. I couldn't imagine only having 61 days. I mean, I had yeah. 0 days. So now, now you but, have to look at um, third-party repair yep. manufacturers like eboard stuff, um or even in this case maybe Last Mile SF is willing to do repairs, but you know what at what cost? You know, you just spent money on this $1,300, $1,600, whatever the, the amount is for a boosted board at this point, And you're getting basically no warranty. It's, it's not, it's not worth it in my mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, we can move on to another topic, but I do want to note for further research for you guys. Um, five hours ago, boosted USA posted two photos on their Instagram and in the description of their photos, they kind of outline the story of how they got the boards, where they got the money, um, obviously, this is a claim of theirs and uh, why they can't do certain things with regards to warranty. And I mean, they even get into like where the boards were when yeah. they bought them. Um, so it's a pretty detailed, interesting story uh, behind uh, the purchase of these boards and uh, where he got the money and all that good stuff. So I would encourage you guys to uh, do some yeah. bedtime reading. Well, that's that. good to uh, know. I, I was just that's skipping definitely good it. to know. And I encourage mm -hmm. any of our listeners to go check that out because those are a lot of the big questions that are being asked right now. Um, so if they're willing to take on these questions head on, that's great. Um, and hopefully uh, I can reach out to Brian and actually get him to chat with us um, so we can hear more about oh, that would it. Be awesome. um, but yeah, as far as it goes, I'm all about it. I hope that Boosted can continue. At some point, you have to let the dead sleep. So I'll look into that. Um, look into that resource you mentioned, TX. That'll be interesting. And if you can get him, if you can get him on Electric Skatecast, that'll be that'll be wonderful as well. Just to get a little more detail um, as to the backstory of everything and you know, what the, what the intent behind it was and all yeah, of that sort of absolutely. stuff. Um, all right, so let's move on to another topic. Um, obviously there's been a lot of hype about the X-Way Flex um, and X-Way alone has been generating hype in general. Um, Sam, you obviously got hands-on with the X-Way Flex. Can you give us kind of a rundown of your thoughts on it um, and anything you'd be willing to share about it? Yeah. Um, the hype for now, uh, the brief amount of time I spent on it, uh, I feel always feel the need to sort of preface, you know, opinions and comments with that. Is is that it was brief? It was two rides of about ten kilometers, so you know this isn't a one hundred mile opinion. Uh, it's not a year later opinion because as we've already discussed today, a lot can change yeah, in a year. Absolutely, in terms of yeah. whether orders <laughs> continued to be considered reliable or not. Um, but for now I can, I'm, I'm happy to sort of say the hype is probably real. Um, it's a wonderful product. Uh, they've really hit the nail on the head in terms of that street board flexi formula. Um, can't fault it too much, to be honest. <laughs> um, so that's, that goes to show in terms of the positive praise, you know, people like Daniel Kwan and people like that are putting on it is, is legitimate because, 
when you have an ecosystem that comes together just right in terms of weight versus power versus range versus comfort, you know, that doesn't leave a lot on the table to be, to be criticized, you know, particularly when you have, you know, whatever, whatever they have in common with hobby wing, whether hobby wings, a parent company or, a, you know, uh, uh, X way being a subsidiary, or there's a little bit of overlap of ownership in some way, X-Way clearly benefit from that, you know, and that they're getting the best of the best of the best that Hobby Wing produce in terms of the motors and the ESC and the remote control and the features and the app and all of those sorts of things. It's a brilliant ecosystem. Yeah. And for that damn price. Yeah, it's unbeatable. Uh, well, it's unbeatable. I've just uh, had a bit of a closer look at the Backfire Zealot this morning yeah, as that, well. That's a pretty and good price right now. For- they have, at least in the US, they have a $200 off code. So if you can get it, which brings it down to sort yeah, of X way flex it realms, price, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's great, but yeah, looking at it, I reckon I'm pretty certain they are the same motors, the same exact motors on the X way flex. The numbers are the same, and uh, the Backfire Zealot states that those motors are from Hobby Wing. We know the X ways motors are from Hobby Wing, mm-hmm. and they're the same specs. So I, I expect that's that's the same. Um, the the battery pack in the Zealot probably has a little bit more going for it uh, in that it's using the new 21700 size cells. I have a funny feeling they are going to be the cells yeah, of the future. Um, but the the flex in terms of its remote, um, the wheel flares are somehow awesome on the feet. They're not uncomfortable. Uh, looking at those extreme... Uh, extreme wheel flares on it to begin with. I was like, man, is this going to be entirely comfortable for someone with size right. 11 feet? Um, <laughs> turns out it wasn't much of an issue at all. It's actually nice to sort of feel where your feet are placed at all times without having to look down. Um, the flex itself is really comfortable and amazing. The versatility of it, you know, the fact that uh, they offer the additional uh, wheel adapters for orangutan cores and ABEC cores and all of those sorts of things. Um, yeah, really beautiful board. The only thing that I can feel might be an issue for some is it's a little bit on the short side, to be honest. Mm. It's, I think the deck length is only about 37 inches, which is about an mm. inch shy of what most bamboo longboard decks yeah. are in the Eastgate right. world, at least. Most of them start around 38 and then push up to, to you know, 40 right. usually. And, you know, longboard stance, you know, you're not standing on the deck bolts. You're always... A, a bit more narrow stance into where you know your feet naturally place at the top and tail of the board and it did feel a little bit short for me coming off of something like the carbon gtr 40 right. inches down the down the 37 and then back onto street thane you know when i usually ride at started to feel a little bit precarious so it's just funny what you get used to but yeah if anything it's probably a little bit short for guys that are you know tapping on tapping on the six foot height uh you definitely want to feel like you have that wider foot span but yeah the hype is real guys i like i like it a lot looks beautiful um we've obviously heard a lot of hype about it so i'm i'm just excited to hear uh from someone that we know and trust that they they think that it's going to be a hit so um yeah go ahead term mm. i was gonna say and obviously i mean if the hype is real then it's game on for these these budget boards i mean especially with boosted gone oh my goodness like this is a dream come true for some of these companies if not all of them and i think the main differentiator between these products that all like you said are very similar uh pieces and design and and price it's going to come down to service and reliability um Mm. and then and maybe maybe a, a runner up for uh community and loyalty because Boosted had that going uh, for them really strong too. And I'm I'm telling you, the longevity, like you said, Sam, I mean, people are keeping these for years, um, you know, six months, a year down the road. Are we still going to see X-Wave Flexes? Are we still going to see Backfire Zealots? That's going to be the main question of who's going to be building loyalty and who's just trying to pump out as many units to keep the factory lights on. Um, so I look forward to seeing who wins that battle uh, with these new budget belt motor boards because um, it's exciting for the consumer, assuming the promises are kept and assuming they deliver on their promises for, you know, resources and support. I mean, man, it has never been a better time to own an electric skateboard. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think uh, I think this actually might be a bit of an underdog battle between the Zealot and the Flex. Um, mm-hmm. ha- again, having a bit more of a look at the Zealot today, I think I think if you're looking for more range, I think the Zealot might be the winner. And again, this is just an just just an on paper yeah. comparison. You know, I yeah. haven't done a range test on either either of these boards, but the battery specs on the Zealot seem to be a little bit better than the Flex. So I think if mm-hmm. you're a range monster, not that you're getting excessive range out of these right. types of street boards anyway. Um, but I think the Zealot may have the edge a little, but perhaps in terms of adaptability and versatility, and I think perhaps just a better, well-rounded overall ecosystem, I think the Flex will have the edge because it has a much better remote. It doesn't have uh, the sort of gimmicky turbo feature. You know, you just have four straight-up speed modes. You have uh, a wonderful app interface. You have the brake to reverse or free mode boosted type control with the flex that you won't have with the Backfire Zealot. So it's a, as always, it comes down to what does a person actually individually want. Um, I have a funny feeling the Zealot might be the range winner, but for everything else, I think the flex is is probably the way to go for people looking for this sort of form factor. Uh, well, for the next few months anyway, while these boards are hot. Yeah, I'm with you, Sam. My final two points on this would be a yeah, the the math adds up for your your estimate on the batteries. I think uh, backfires is 311 watt hours and uh, flex is 259. So uh, definitely substantial oomph there. It might get you a couple extra miles. Um, I, the only card I would hand to backfire that hasn't been brought up is, to my knowledge, they still have uh, local customer support. Backfires is in Virginia, um, and they have one in I want to say Germany too. It's definitely in Europe. Um, and that's that. Oof, that's worth a lot. To, they, they could definitely make a large difference. Yeah, they they should be shouting that from the rooftops, man. If I can call a phone number and get help and get my board sent to Virginia, man, I mean that value is is immense for somebody that plans on having this as your your last mile vehicle. It's something you keep for a long time. Um, I'm with you on the the ecosystem with X Way. Uh, they have a an exclusive contract with Hobby Wing, as far as I know. Um, that kind of is the reason that X-Way's Hobby Wing always seems uh, several uh, notches above everybody else's Hobby Wing results. Um, there's a reason for that. Um, so I think X-Way needs to focus a lot on that customer support. And I think Backfire needs to emphasize that customer support as a, as a huge selling point. Um, that can't be understated with Boosted being gone. You know, consumers are going to be looking for that now. Yep. Yeah, especially with X-Way uh, hinting that they're going to be touching into the all-terrain board mm-hmm. realm as well and that's something that the ranger uh, was very popular for oh yeah being the first like budget at board so you know i'm hoping that uh x-way is able to put some things on the table that puts them in line with everybody else because they're already on a really good start and if backfire can continue to play off of their customer service and the variety of boards that they have I think uh, we can't really use the word boosted killer anymore because it's already happened. <laughs> yeah. It's more Rip. so who's going to be the next best and top of the the, the pack, you know? Someone's got to be the king of the hill, so. Yeah. I uh, This sort of loops back around to something we mentioned earlier with Evolve. Um, I mentioned maybe maybe it's time for Evolve to explore their ESC options, and I, I dropped the Hobbywing name. But if X-Way are already going to release a double kingpin AT board with a hobby wing ESC in it. Ta-da. Right. Yeah. There it is. Someone you know. beat you to the punch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, talking about support is the other, the other side of this coin. Uh, we have no X-way representation in, in Australia, but do you know what there is in every capital city? An Evolve distributor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so. So that helps. On one hand, on one hand, you say things, or we could say things like, uh, the the forthcoming X-Way AT board um, might be an Evolve killer. But in reality, in a lot of places of the world, it's probably not. You know, it, it may be a better board in, in a lot of aspects, particularly the ESC. But again, that local local support cannot be understated. You know, T, TX yeah. hit the nail on the head. Um, if yeah, you're going to put a product out there, that's one thing. But are people going to be able to get the support when they need it locally? Because that's usually mm-hmm. what will swing people ultimately. Yep. 
Because think about it, you, all of us here uh, in this in this podcast have been writing for years. We generally can can braille our way through support. We can browse Reddit threads. Um, you know, think of all the the people in the ecosystem of of Eastgate, right? They they build their own boards, they fix them, they help their friends out. But the average consumer, the the person buying a board that keeps the factory lights on, doesn't know how to fix a hall sensor. They don't know what 12S2P means. They mm. don't know what a BMS is. So that support, like you said, can't be understated because at the end of the day, he's just trying to get to the office. He's just trying to make the thing go. He is not an electrical engineer. He doesn't build boards that go obscene speeds, right? Um, so I think we take some of that for granted. But at the end of the day, um, we can only buy so many boards. These companies are have to be looking at the average consumer, the college student, the the person who's sick of sitting in traffic um, to really keep the lights on for these companies. Um, and for that to succeed, exactly, you've got to have that support. Um, and those local distribution centers, man, they, they pay for themselves if they can attract the right amount of average consumers. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And um, just to kind of tie this into another topic that we're going to cover, obviously with many of these companies now releasing belt drive boards, um, is there going to be an end to some sort of drivetrain is the hub going to disappear because there's things like the direct drive belt boards are becoming more popular. I mean, I personally don't think that there's an advantage to hubs other than they're cheap. Uh, so personally, I think there's, they're going to die here shortly and you're going to see a huge switch over to belt drives as well as direct drives. I 100% agree. I think, I think hubs will continue to exist. Well, first of all, let's just um, let's just heap a little bit of a little bit of praise the 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 warranted praise the 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 level of praise that I think we can on inertia for the one thing that they did. Geez, mm-hmm. I was going to say the one thing they did right, but it's the one thing they did okay in the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all sort of fell apart towards the end there. Um, but those those hubs were insane. They were absolutely mm-hmm. insane, oh, yeah. and yeah. When, when you when you dig through the DIY forums, you of course find uh, uh, hummy hummy hubs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, you know, look, you can make some crazy hubs. You really can. Yeah, but in the scheme of, I hate to use the overuse the phrase, but in the scheme of a Bohr's ecosystem, how important is that? Because what I found when I had my Raptor two point one is those motors were so powerful that it made what should be a decent sized battery with decent range half immediately just mm-hmm. just by the power now you can play around in the vest settings to sort that out somewhat but again for the average consumer who's going to really want to do that um hubs hubs have their place probably on budget boards you know the if if uh, your mepos and your wowgos and your own boards and everyone else are still going to produce a real bottom shelf entry level board then that bottom shelf entry level board will probably still always be a hub, and that's cool. I think that's I think that's the entry price to getting into the hobby, getting addicted, and then moving up. Um, I think that's where it exists. I actually am on two sides of the road with this one. I love hubs because I like the stealth, sleeky look with no protruding sort of objects that give it away as a as an electric skateboard. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. how quiet they are. But here's the thing. Now with direct drive becoming more readily available by different vendors, you get all of those benefits anyway, plus chunky, good, real, juicy urethane, real wheels. So where does that leave hubs? Again, I think that just leaves hubs on the bottom shelf ready for entry-level boards. Um, The downside with direct drive is the clearance issue. With so many people going to massive wheels, you know, we're talking 100 100 mil wheels is now normal, you know? So 110s, 120s, you know, also becoming really normal. I think the clearance issue is now less of an issue than it was a year ago. So I, I do think we're seeing the last days of hubs being uh, sort of looked at as equal with belts or direct drive. I think direct drive is on the verge of taking over this scene as an alternative to not just hubs, but belts. You know, it's not just what do you choose, hubs or belts. I think very soon the conversation will, will turn to what do you prefer, belts, uh, belt drive or direct drive instead and then out there on the periphery you have gear drive you have your spur gears and Ooh, i was about to bring these oh, up yeah. oh yeah yep 
And now knowing, you know, Callie have been do, doing those for quite some time. Um, on on my show, uh, we had uh, Alex talking about Lacroix, sort of looking at going in that direction in the near future as well. So I think when you start talking about hyper performance boards, they're going to go towards that gear, uh, that that gear sort of uh, realm. Yeah, leaving absolutely. Us, leaving us in the mid tier to sort of choose: do we want something sleek and stealth and quiet, direct drive? Um, something that's more versatile and has a bit more guts. Generally speaking, there's always exceptions to the rule, but you know, generally speaking, if you're playing with gear ratios and wheel sizes, we can have do a lot more with it. Do we go for belt? Um, and then leaving hub right there on the bottom shelf for entry level. That's my theory. I think that yeah, that's I think you summed on. it up perfectly. Yeah. The only thing I would add to it is there are certain countries where electric skateboards are outright banned, um, especially in Europe. So I would say that hubs and and, and direct drives too um, will lend themselves better to those countries when you are trying to be uh, more stealthy with your electric skateboard ride. Whereas um, belt drive is is much more noticeable when you're going past a police officer. Um, as for direct drive. I'm, I I want to be more optimistic about direct drive. The clearance thing still bugs me. In fact, I oh, had yeah. an electric skateboard manufacturer approach me and say, "Hey, would this be popular? Because we can do this." And you know, sent me some pictures of of what they had and other competitors and been like, "Hey, we we can we can pump this out." And I said, "Well, you know, I, I've never written a direct drive, so I'm really the, the worst person to ask." But I know somebody who has. Um, so I reached out to. Um, some e-skate leaders of communities. So they kind of get a, a bird's eye view of all the different products people are buying and riding. And they said, direct drive rocks, except for clearance um, is a problem with roads that are really bad quality. People were banging up their motors. So I, I think the the larger wheels will hopefully lend themselves to the growth of them. Um, but I would like to see, man, I don't know if you can make those motors any, any skinnier. Uh, it, I, my concern is that the initial impression of, oh, you're going to have clearance issues will, will hamper their growth unless it can be, the narrative can be changed in these communities of, hey, direct drive isn't, isn't the problem um, anymore. So I, I hope so. I, I want a direct drive board. I, I think they, they look interesting and, and, and they have a lot of potential. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see gear drive coming on the, the, out of the fringe into the limelight more. Uh, I'm with you on that. Bioboards is doing gear drive as well. Uh, belt yep, drive is yep. belt drive uh, for better or for worse, right? You know, you got to change belts, but you get that torque and uh, being able to change wheels, man, um, is, is a great yeah. thing. Belt, belts aren't going away anytime soon. I think, in, no. I think, yeah, that's uh, that whole hub motors of the future uh, narrative people were pushing for a while. I, I think we can put that to bed. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, kind of going off of this, obviously there's one thing that all of the highest level boards are doing and that is pneumatic wheels do you guys think that pneumatics are the future of e-skate is urethane going to slowly disappear i personally think urethane is going to stick around there's something about urethane that you know makes for an amazing ride especially on smooth pavement but with pneumatics uh, appearing on uh, hoyt skate coming up in the summer um, they've been on lacroix for a while they're on bio boards they're on psycho tiller boards they're on all these uh, top tier boards, Cali has them. Everybody's using pneumatics. Is this going to be like the future of high-end boards? Uh, I think they will have uh, their day in the spotlight for boards that lend themselves to uh, enthusiasts, hobbyists, hardcore. You know, we've got races now out in California. I could see uh, your, the pneumatics um, taking the center stage there. I've yet to be convinced that um, while they are obviously useful for really bad roads and 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 whatnot, I I don't see them being as popular to the average Joe who just wants to get to work on time. I think you have to sell those harder because they're less familiar, right? I mean, the the average urethane wheels that are going on these these new budget longboards are they look just like regular longboard wheels, but probably slightly larger. Um, so it's more familiar. These giant wheels l tend to lend themselves to an I'm going off road and shredding dirt trails. And I also like dirt bikes. And I think that I don't want to say pushes away the average consumer because I, I don't think it scares them. I just think they go, Ooh, I'm less familiar with this product. I'm less familiar with how this would work and how I would feel about it. I personally think large wheels and pneumatics as well um, should be the future, especially given our roads. I prefer large wheels. I hate railroad tracks. Um, but 
when I feel like I have to have a longer conversation with a, with the average consumer about, hey, these are what these larger wheels give you versus, hey, this is an electric skateboard. These are skateboard wheels. Um, would you like one? Um, I'd love to see the cost basis for these factories and, and how much it, it, they have, how much money they make versus lose on, on the different wheels. I don't know that. Um, I would like to see, I would hope that these larger companies are, excuse me, these higher end companies um, that Psycho Tiller and, and LaCroix and whatnot, um, I would hope that they uh, lend themselves to influence the other companies that are just kind of pumping out boards for the average Joe, the consumer as a whole. Um, but I think that the appearance of large wheels on a skateboard tends to go, ooh, yeah, I can barely ride a skateboard. I don't, I don't know if I can ride one that's that high off the ground. You know, th- that's just my opinion um, from the point of, hey, I'm trying to sell as many skateboards as possible. That said, I love them. <laughs> I, th- I, I love them. I, the, aside from having you know a change a flat tire, you know there are large airless wheels now. But um, yeah, I, I I love the feel of them. I'll choose them every day. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. I was actually curious to hear what you guys sort of thought about that because my mind, uh, the jury's out for me a little bit because I've ridden both, you know, extensively. Um, and right now on my GTR is the seven inch pneumatics and they're not coming off. I didn't even buy any of the, any other extra wheels with this one. And I usually do. Um, I've depleted my stock of, of street wheels in favor of ATs really. Um, and that's just, I think largely due to the distances I ride, you know, I've, I ride as often as I can for as long as I can, as I'm sure you guys can relate. Oh yeah. Um, and with the, variety of surfaces and things like that I have to deal with it's just more comfortable and more forgiving and you can you can get a lot more enjoyment out of the board for longer on on ATs mm-hmm. yep it's sort of contradictory in some ways because of course you get more range uh if you just whack some some street wheels on it but would I prefer to go 30ks on pneumatics or 50ks on streets in one sitting well the answer is 30ks on pneumatics for sure and you look at you look at your Callies and you look at your Lacroix that really only come out with one wheel option these days. I think I guess I see maybe the tide turning from street wheels being the norm and pneumatics or something like that being an option to sort of the other way around. You know, a, a lot of boards in the future may just be AT boards, you know, on the shelf you know, or on their websites mm-hmm. and you can buy a street wheel adaption kit if you want, you know, I just, the, the AT concept or the pneumatic wheel concept, I think lends itself more to what electric skateboarding has become. I think it's evolved a little bit beyond just regular longboarding with motors attached to it. People mm-hmm. use these boards differently to what an average push longboarder uses their board for. Right. These are commuting tools for a lot of people. And if you want to make that ride as smooth and as comfortable and as forgiving as, pos- as possible, then it's, it's going to have to be, you know, like a bike. It's going to have to be soft, forgiving, cushy, pneumatic wheels. Or if uh, airless technology gets a little bit better, you know, that'll be the way it, it eventually goes. I haven't ridden any airless, uh, airless honeycomb type wheels, so I can't comment on those too much. But I do hear that they're a little harder and not as cushy and not as forgiving. Um, have you guys ridden any of those? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've ridden, uh, the raw day. Uh, they have probably the best airless tires that I've ridden. Um, they, they have a little bit more of a wide traction, um, similar to like a urethane, um, and a nice rubbery texture to their airless wheels. So they're not as awful as some of the plasticky type ones with the, like a cores and things like that. Um, I personally like the Rawl Day ones. Obviously, there's other options out there, but the Rawl Day airless tires are definitely decent. I yeah. wouldn't say they're great, but they're decent. Yeah. Mm. Um, for for what the purpose of they're trying to accomplish, um, I, I would say that you know the larger pneumatic tires with um, you know plenty of air and uh, lots of very thick tread would lend themselves more to an actual mountain board style experience. Whereas the wheels that you'll see on like an onboard carbon AT and a raw day carbon AT tend to lend themselves for, Hey, I'm on a dirt trail. Now I'm on a street. Now I'm on the sidewalk, so on and so forth. Um, so they kind of cover more, cover more bases, um, without you actually being able to, uh, shred up a mountain. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I would say that they're, they're trying to reach as many people as possible, which makes business sense to me. Um, 
And yeah, for, for the street, for Michigan streets, I love them. Oh my goodness. We have so many bad potholes and uh, manhole covers that just sneak up right on you. And uh, when I'm on the raw day, it's, uh, it's not even an afterthought. Um, whereas on the boosted stealth, I'm, you know, you're dodging and weaving uh, for, mm. for some of those cracks. Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So I guess to kind of tie this podcast off, uh, we've talked about all sorts of different things, uh, ranging from urethane, pneumatics, battery tech, uh, drivetrains, basically everything. Uh, we've covered a lot. Um, Sam, is there a board out there or a board that you would create that would be your dream board and why? Money isn't an issue here. Money's no issue. Nor is lack of availability due to certain countries. You can have any board anywhere <laughs> in the world, whether you build it or buy it. Oh, look, for I I I fantasize I fantasize about either a Cali or a Lacroix daily. Um I'm always checking in on their websites and doing the conversion rates and looking at what I might be able to get if I was able to, like if I, oh, maybe if I just sold that, or maybe if I just (laughs) do this, or maybe if I don't buy that this month, you know, maybe I can make it happen. So it's, it's always a toss up between those two, you know, for the real world for me and uh, not, not even knowing anyone in a, in Australia who has either. Um, there are some people in uh, one of our closest capital cities to us, um, Melbourne, where Jay Boston's from. Uh, I think there are people over there who have um, a Cali and uh, somebody else who has a Lacroix, or at least used to. But um, I, I can't get over there to ride one, uh, so I don't have a real comparison. But clearly, they're the they're the creme de la creme, uh, particularly when you're talking about uh, pneumatic pneumatic tired boards. If I was more of a street street inclined guy, I'd be looking at the bio boards for sure. Um, but because I I'm, I'm pretty much firmly in the pneumatic AT camp at this stage, so I'm I, I am desperately eager to get myself on a Cali or a Lacroix. Which one? No idea. Aside from that, I think the more realistic the more realistic uh, stars I can shoot for might be a Metro Board X in terms mm-hmm. of price. So maybe there might be one of those in my future, particularly considering the similarities between the Metro Board X and the Evolve and me. Again, it happens every couple of years. Now being a little bit on the fence again, looking at my Evolve, um, maybe a Metro Board <laughs> X is in my future. Yeah. As far yeah. as just creating something out of thin air, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that creative. <laughs> yeah. The sky's the limit, right? Yeah. I mean, you could have you could have the best of all the things. So Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, uh, well, uh, the, the best of all things, yeah, uh, perhaps I just don't have the imagination because you, you say a phrase like the best of all things and immediately I already think of Kelly and Lacroix. Right. Yeah. 12S, 12P, right? That's I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, you really can't get any better at this point in this, in life. Like it's, that's, they are the best right now. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, one thing I've noticed is that that's a question you throw at TX every episode, Joe, but it's never thrown back at you. What's, what's your fantasy board? Yeah. You, you actually have touched on exactly uh, mine. Um, I don't know how many times I've <laughs> oh, I know gone over it in my head. I've, done the math just as you have if i could get my hands on a lacroix i would do it in a heartbeat yeah um i've even uh, reached out to alex and uh, done some propositions and things so you know here's hoping that one of those uh, propositions works out one of these days but uh, for the most part uh that would definitely be my dream board or something as close to that as possible yeah Um, yeah obviously like you mentioned the metro board x is an amazing all-terrain board um, some of the things they're doing, nobody else is doing. Um, the battery percentage built into the 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 top of the truck plate. Um, the unique graphics on the uh, the grip tape itself. I mean, the Metro Board X is an amazing board in itself, um, and the fact that they're U.S. based is also a benefit. But um, after seeing Hoyt Skate uh, coming out with a pneumatic, that's also a very attractive board to me at this point, um, God, especially gorgeous. with their batteries being so easily changeable. Um and being airline safe, so yeah, yeah. Hoytskate is also looking pretty great. What what JJ that. is doing with those decks? Uh, they are just yeah. oh man, yeah. Work of it's art. like looking Beautiful. at the Cadillac of skateboards. It's mm. it's just so well refined. It's just art. It's just beautiful. It is beautiful absolutely. Art. Yep. Mm. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us uh, for Electric Skatecast episode six. Uh, this will probably be a two parter since we're going on two hours. 
Um, but Sam, thank you again so much uh, for joining us this week. Um, it has been a true honor um, and we're looking forward to Absolutely. collaborating with you uh, for many, many uh, episodes to come. And again, Terminal X, thank you for joining as always. Oh, uh, Sam, do you have anything you want to let the people know that you're about right now um, before we end this, Spill the, the, tea. The, the episode? The, the tea is uh, samjadelaide.com is the central place for everything I'm doing. Uh, the big project, of course, at the moment is uh, my show, my podcast, which is The State of Eastgate. Um, you can follow me everywhere at Sam J. Adelaide. And I just want to thank these guys so much for having me on. Uh, it was an awesome, awesome little collaboration. I think we we may look at doing something like this uh, a couple of times a year ongoing and we'll just alternate shows because it's that much fun. And I look forward to doing that. And I thank you guys so much again. It was great fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Sam. Um, and as always, uh, feel free to follow us at Electric Skatecast on Instagram. You can also find us anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, I am at jgrandgr, and with me as always is at Official Terminal X. And again, thank you at Sam J Adelaide. Uh, couldn't thank you enough. My pleasure. Thanks, guys.